Good evening. My name is Michael McDonnell. I am the cybersecurity librarian. This is Moro Arakaki, whose name is so cool, he doesn't need a nickname. I <laughs> uh, appreciate the compliment. <laughs> uh, Moro, we have uh, two people in the audience as of this moment, so it's oh. two more people than we expected. Oh, that's that's always a plus, but uh, I'm sure more people will join or probably catch this uh, replay. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who are watching, um, this is our second live stream. We did one last week that was all about discussing uh, career stories. We had eight guests who all talked about their careers in IT and cybersecurity and where they got. We decided that the most pressing issue for IT and cybersecurity professionals in our local area is job hunting. Uh, some of our friends are looking for jobs, and some of them might be looking for jobs in the near future. And I myself went through a very frustrating and depressing job hunt before COVID. And I had to relearn a lot of my job hunting skills. And it seemed like a great time to share what I learned. We also have another guest tonight, Jim Clark. Hey, hey everybody. Say hi, Glad Jim. Hey, guys. Uh, so more when I know Jim going way, way back. Uh, Jim's been an IT manager. He's also a consultant. He's had to look a lot of resumes. He's had to give out a lot of resumes. Uh, and so we thought he'd be great here to provide some feedback and join in our discussion. Uh, one of the things I want to say before we start, if you're in the audience tonight and you have questions, put them down in that chat box. Moore and I are going to be watching that. And if you've got a question, we're going to answer it. The format tonight is I'm going to tell my story about my recent job hunt. And then share some of the resources I use to learn how to uh, update my resume, update my cover letter, and do my job hunt. Uh, I'll show some examples. If you've got questions, we'll answer them. You know what? Even if you want to share some of your resume stuff, we posted this on LinkedIn this week. We didn't get anyone willing to share, but we're willing to give feedback if you want it. Um, so please. Be honest, be open, post comments down below, will help. Moro. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, one thing uh, before we begin. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe and smash the like button if you like the video so you can help others find this video. So I'll probably say it at the end, but I wanted to say it right, right in the beginning as well. So, And uh, as well, I wanted to thank Jim for uh, taking time out of his schedule to join us today and give us some uh, great insights onto uh, his experiences with uh, not just hiring, but also, you know, trying to get hired as well. So uh, thanks again, Jim. You bet, guys. My so, pleasure. Jim, rather than me introducing you, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Uh, can you give us a bit about your, your background? Tell us a tiny bit about your career in IT. Um, how'd you start? How'd you get here? Yeah, thanks, uh, Mike. So I started... Oh, geez. Many years ago. Um, I'm going on now 20 plus years on the IT side. I uh, started off on uh, the financial uh, side of the business. 
um, for a number of uh, different companies, including Visa, MasterCard, uh, Royal Bank, and a lot of the credit unions. Um, my focus was on the network and security areas of uh, IT at that time, um, somewhat fresh out of school. I moved on to uh, an oil and gas company um, after that and uh, been, was with oil and gas for 20, over 20 years. And um, background, like I said, on the network security side, infrastructure was um, um, was sort of my main mine area, my main area of focus. I managed many teams um, on the infrastructure side and uh, love doing it. It's uh, uh, still a passion of mine to this day. Love the infrastructure side of things and uh, haven't really uh, swayed away from there um, ever since uh, I started IT and um, uh, held many many different jobs on the on the infrastructure side manager uh director level um for uh well i shouldn't say for many companies i'm uh, a bit of a longevity person per per company but um it's been uh it's 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 been great um especially uh you know lately is has 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 certainly been a challenge for for a lot of folks and and um I'd love to share some of my my assistance on uh, looking over on the many hires I've done uh, on the IT side over the over the many years. I've seen many resumes. Um, I've hired a lot of great people, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, sharing that experience, Mike Morrow. And thanks for having me on. Oh, it's great to have you here. Um, all right, so here's what I'd like to do. I'm, I'm going to tell a little bit about my job hunting story, and I want to do that because uh, I know a few people who recently have gone through the same thing, uh, and sharing uh, these difficult tales isn't depressing. I think it's actually encouraging. Um, and I think that... Um, down the road, the months to come, there'll be a number of people who want to hear those same stories. Uh, I'm not shy about... Uh, I work in cybersecurity. I'm not shy about sharing my vulnerabilities. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, my, it's my job to enumerate them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, you know, it's, uh, it's like Sun Tzu says, right? Uh, you got to know yourself. Uh, you know your yeah. enemy, know yourself. And then, you know, in 100 battles, you'll never be in peril. So, you know, it's, I think it's pretty cool that you're willing to uh, it, share some of your stuff, right? So, And honestly, it was coming face-to-face with those that uh, allowed me to get traction in my job hunt and be successful uh, and get out of a very dark place. So I'm going to tell that story. Uh, and then what I want to do is um, part of that story is um, improving how I dealt with my resume and cover letters. Um, and uh, what I'd like to do is share some of my old ones. And Jim and Moro, get your feedback. And before you see the new ones, I'm going to show you the old ones. And you're going to say, oh, um, is that good or bad? Uh, because I think a lot of people out there um, don't go and seek out feedback that they should. Um, and then I'm going to show you what I, I've learned to do 
you can tell me whether you think that's right or wrong too, because I'm not a hundred percent certain that uh, it's the right approach all the time. Um, okay. So let me, let me tell you the story. Um, uh, back in November, I quit my last job. It was a very stressful job. Uh, took a lot of hours and took a huge toll on my family and I had to make a change. So I did. Um, and you know, you leave a really stressful job and, uh, initially it's like, Oh yeah, there's no stress. It's wonderful. Um, but after a while you start thinking, Oh, it's getting a bit boring. I'm going to go look for a job. And I went into it honestly, really arrogantly thinking, I have decades of experience. I have credentials. I have certifications. Uh, people know me. This job hunt is going to be easy. And you know what? I'm a spoiled brat. A lot of my past jobs, I got introduced to people I didn't really have to hunt. And it's not that I didn't know how to hunt. It's not that I didn't know how to write a resume or cover letter. It's not that I didn't know how to work my network. So I took too many things for granted. So I started looking for a few jobs and applying and nothing. And a few months went by and it became a really depressing experience. Uh, Everyone who knows me has heard me use this phrase. It was like screaming my resume into the void. Not only did I not find a job, Not only did I not get any interviews, I had nobody looking at my LinkedIn profile. Like if you send out a resume and I'm the hiring manager and you're anywhere close to the top 10, I'm going to peek at your LinkedIn profile and I got nothing. And the thing is in that absence of feedback, your head starts playing games. You start making up stories about what's going on. And the thing is, in my head, they started being very negative stories. I started to doubt myself. I started to doubt things that I should have objectively known about my strengths. And the thing is, here I am unemployed. So I don't have people I talk to every day at work. I don't have all of that extended network of people I would meet with, clients, etc. There's no feedback. It's just me in my head at home all the time making up stories about what the people I'm applying to are doing, and it's nonsense. And eventually I ended up talking to a good friend of mine, uh, Martin Guerre. Uh, Martin Guerre is great. Martin, I hope you watch this. Uh, your straight talk was incredible. He basically said, look, stop making assumptions. You need to take some different action. And then I thought, I don't know what that is. And I realized, well, if I don't know what it is, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to take a course and go learn something. Um, Prior to my job hunt, I was taking a ton of courses on lynda.com, which is also called LinkedIn Learning. And they, I was doing data science and DevOps. And these courses are great. And I thought, well, I'm sure that LinkedIn Learning's got courses on how to go and uh, job hunt. And they did. And so I took a bunch of their courses. There's usually like 50 minutes to two hours. And 
you know what? I wasn't open to the advice I saw. They were telling me as a job hunter how it does work. And I kept rejecting it thinking, no, that's not how it should work. They would say things like, you know what? You've got to tell your resume for the person who's going to read it, for the recruiter or the hiring manager. And you've got to make it easy for them. And I'm like, no, I was attached to this notion that my resume was there to capture all of my excellent qualities. And I wanted them to see what I wanted them to see, as opposed to what they needed to do their job. I went around a little bit. I talked to a bunch of other friends. They gave me feedback. And eventually I went back and retook those courses, but with an open mind and realized, oh, wow, I have been so spoiled that most of the time when I've been job hunting, I haven't really had to depend upon uh, my resume, my cover letter. Um, I've known people and here I am in a position where I'm not leveraging that and I'm doing it wrong. And I changed what I did and I got some better traction. I published an article just a day ago that's a companion piece to our talk today that uh, talks about what I learned. It goes over the resources. I'm going to show you some of those tonight, but I'm going to tell you this. The purpose of your resume is not to highlight all your strengths. It will do that. The purpose of your resume is to get you an interview. The purpose of your cover letter is similar, but it's to make you unforgettable. It's to make you get noticed above the technical qualities in your resume. The purpose of the interview is to get a second interview. Purpose of a second interview is to get an offer. The purpose of the offer is to open a negotiation about whether you really want the job and really all the things like pay and things like that. And you've got to think about it like that. And the key to turning my attitude around from being very dark and cloudy in my job hunt to being one of optimism and taking action and wanting to take action was to realize that every job application I put out there, just practice for the next one. The important thing is to start doing it, start updating your resume, tweak it constantly and move forward. Okay. Before I get into the next part, um, you guys want to add anything? No, I, I think you're right, Michael. Uh, I mean, a big part of that's going to be uh, staying positive. Uh, you know, obviously, obviously leveraging those contacts that you have are, are pretty key. But, uh, I mean, we'll have a future stream on some of that, I think. Uh, I mean, but today, for, for certain, we, we want to focus on the whole resume, cover letter, relevancy. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we have Jim on board today. So, you know, he can kind of speak to some of the things that he looks out for when he's looking at a resume. I know before uh, we started the live stream, we were kind of chatting a little bit about what a resume looks like in today's world with uh, everyone on lockdown. So uh, obviously, we'd like to kind of start with a, a bit of the traditional uh, resumes and things of that nature that, you know, we're quite quite used to seeing. And then maybe even, you know, do a little segue into that whole concept of, well, what, what, what do you look for in today's world? Uh, I know he briefly touched on, you know, the idea that, you know, you've got to be able to, you know, work work from home isolated in a lot of cases, right? And uh, not needing a whole lot of micromanagement, I'm guessing. So um, 
I think with that, uh, do we want to just kind of, uh, I guess, hand it over to Jim a bit and uh, maybe describe some of um, his thought processes when he's uh, when he's looking at resumes and cover letters uh, from a traditional standpoint, I guess. Yeah, before I embarrass myself showing you mine, uh, <laughs> let's have have Jim. Uh, what do you, what do you look for when you're reviewing a candidate's resume? Uh, the number one thing for me is experience. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, um, education, uh, I don't really give a shit about it's, uh, it's, it's going to be, uh, your, your experience and, you know, that, that can get, get into education as well, because, uh, you know, usually when you're going through your, your degree and, uh, you know, going down that path, you're going to have some work experience because that's part of the process. Um, so, you know, who would you work for? What'd you do? Um, having that, uh, put in there is, is huge, um, for, for, for anyone that's looking at, uh, from a hiring perspective, it's what opens the door before, uh, before anybody else. I've turned down many resumes that, um, even have had PhDs, if you can believe it for, uh, for IT positions, um, for someone that, uh, is significantly not as educated, but, uh, has uh, significantly more education. And, uh, I had them for, um, many, many, many years, um, to come. So it's, um, education is, 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 is one area to focus on, but, um, you know, ha- having that, uh, um, displayed in a fashion that, that, that just shows not only what you, you know, what you've done, uh, from an education perspective, but, uh, you know, what, uh, what, you know, what you're passionate about. Um, Yeah. Okay, so Jim, uh, uh, just curious. Uh, now, let's say that you know you're you're a new hire, like, or maybe you just recently graduated from, say, like you know you're 21, just got this nice diploma in cybersecurity. But let's say you know uh, you were able to have a, a part-time job, I guess, while you were going to school. Now, is it relevant to have that kind of experience on the resume, and in that way, maybe uh, kind of uh, I don't know your opinion on. How would you kind of play that into a resume and whether or not that's relevant? Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's, that's absolutely resume, uh, relevant. You know, there's no, no question about it. So you, you want to, I think you want to showcase your, your main abilities, right? You know, even if it's outside of it, um, you know, and those are, those are some of the things that also that, you know, I'd certainly would catch my eye and I'd look at and, Saying, well, hey, it's uh, there's other interests besides IT. Wow, <laughs> you know, um, so don't be afraid to to, to show that. Um, you know, I got my first job in oil and gas because uh, I I wanted to learn how to golf. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, 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 no word of a lie. It's um, so right that's on. there's uh, you know, don't be afraid, you know, from my perspective to show some, uh, you know, some, some, some other areas that, uh, you might not, uh, you know, think about from a, you know, if you're looking at an IT job, well, what else are you interested in and, and, uh, showcase that a little bit on your resume. Okay. Yeah, no, I, uh, I tend to agree. Uh, I know that even in my resume, I put down some of the, some of the hobbies and, uh, various interests I have, uh, you know, I, I actually enjoy uh, you know music quite a bit, so you know I'll uh, I'll even highlight the the fact that I uh, I actually used to work for a DJ company uh, well 
probably going back almost 20 years now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, things like that, I think, uh, are relevant in a resume, not just to showcase the fact that you're a human and not a robot. But I think at the same time, sometimes, you know, things things tend to lead to conversations outside of just the job, right? So I think, you know, when you're having that interview and, you know, you highlight that, yeah, you know, you coached, you know, your your nephew's peewee hockey or whatever, I think that, uh, that, that that's a good thing. So, uh, so, so with respect to the resume, uh, I, I guess, you know, maybe shifting a little bit uh, you know, back, uh, the cover letter. Now, I, I know, I think with varying degrees, everyone has a different opinion on the cover letter. Uh, I guess I'm trying to understand maybe uh, or get your opinion on what you feel is, uh, is the cover letter relevant? And if so, uh, what qualities of the cover letter kind of stand out? And is that something you use as uh, almost a pre-screen or a pre-filter for you to uh, dig further into the resume? Uh, well, typically when, when I, I've done interviews, it's uh, well beyond uh, that point. But, um, you know, what I would suggest from a cover letter perspective is tell the tale on why you are different than everybody else applying for that position. That's the one area that you cannot show on. on uh, it may come out on resume, don't get me wrong, but the cover letter is, uh, and it should be short, uh, short and sweet, uh, you know, two paragraphs uh, at maximum, I'd say, or less. But um, why, why are you different than the rest um, would be my, and that's, that's what I think would uh, bring you, um, you know, to the table for, uh, further interviews, like Michael said, uh, interview number two, uh, so to speak, and and uh, really really get get that uh, path laid down the road. Okay, okay. So, oh, sorry. I guess we have a question. So Ryan uh, says that he's heard that some uh, people say that you know listing your hobbies and interests is a waste of space in the resume. Um, should that be included? And if so, where? Uh, good, great question, man. Uh, for sure. You know, I think, uh, you know, you know, the place to put that, it would be LinkedIn in my opinion. Um, but like, like I said, also on the resume, I think you want to touch on it. You do want to touch on it. You know, you, you want to, um, make sure that, uh, you know, you, people have hobbies and those hobbies can be, uh, are, are, are great to, uh, to acknowledge because it also helps, uh, from a hiring perspective, um, analyze, uh, cultural fit, I guess, if you will. So, uh, definitely touch on it on a resume. I wouldn't focus on it on a resume for any, any shape where it being, but, um, certainly have that on, on, on the LinkedIn profile because, uh, anyone interested man is going to look at LinkedIn hands down and, uh, they're going to go through that profile. I, I have, uh, from my own experience being a hiring manager, uh, I'm interested in people's uh, activities outside of work. If they speak to some personal quality that would be valuable in that role. So if someone, okay, so if I'm hiring a manager and someone has been uh, a member of their condo association, you know what? One sentence right at the end, other activities, the very last part of the resume. That's great. Uh, someone's been a coach of a sports team. If someone has got um, 
like I don't want to hear about every hobby they have, but if they are intensely into something, that is that's something I want to hear. So I've seen a lot of resumes that at the end it's like hobbies, um, uh, reading, uh, hiking, and I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what to to make of that because that's not that different than a lot of people who didn't list any hobbies. But if someone said they've been a coach for 15 years, well, that's almost like listing job experience in a way that can, that can give me a, a perspective um, that I didn't have about that candidate. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I agree with that comment. Uh, in fact, uh, this actually goes back to uh, well, a friend of mine, uh, I guess uh, in some ways he, he helped mentor me when I when I was um, not getting started, but uh, when I first landed here in Calgary, uh, a guy named Ray uh, Ray Wong actually. So hopefully, if he sees this, hey Ray. Uh, but yeah, he actually told me something, and it was quite uh, it was quite uh, inspiring in some sense because I had in my resume that you know I had um, I had some experience with project management at the time. And uh, something he pointed out was, yeah, no, actually, uh, that's something we're always short on in any team is someone with any modicum of, you know, leadership experience, because it does indicate that, you know, you have the ability to, you know, work, work alone, but you also have the ability to help guide people. And, you know, whether or not uh, it's a leadership role or not, he says, yeah, it's, it's critically important, uh, especially when you're working in a team that uh, you have the ability to actually interact with people and, uh, again, guide them. So, um, uh, okay. So I, I guess going back to the point of uh, uh, resume size, maybe. Uh, now I know over the years it's kind of changed. I know uh, throughout the '80s and the '90s, yeah, uh, you, you saw a lot of resumes that were you know four to five pages, and I think that was kind of the standard back then. Uh, as I was going through the '90s, that kind of uh, shrank to about three pages, and I think in today's world, it's probably about two pages. Uh, so I guess, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I'll ask you, Jim, and then I'm going to ask Michael as well, the same question. Yeah, fair enough. Um, short and sweet is, is, is what I like to see. So, uh, you know, something, some, because you, you got to remember a lot of the, the hiring managers and when I've hired a lot of managers in the past, um, you're going through a lot of resumes. So, the more concise uh, you can be and right to the point that uh, that it is that uh, is is the is the best. It, it's hard to do, but you know, shit from a <laughs> from a page perspective on a resume, I'd say I'd say three pages or less, man. Okay, okay, but then uh, let, let's say that you know you're a guy that's been in the industry for twenty years. Uh, obviously then, you know, that's, that might balloon into like five pages, but, and I've helped a lot of my friends, uh, who have been in the industry for even longer than 20 years, kind of cut down some of the experience, even though, you know, it's, it's cool to see it that, you know, at mm -hmm. one point they used to work at DEC and then, you know, went into compact, but you know, the reality is it's like, is it relevant for the position you're applying for today? And I constantly have to coach people and say, look, you need to concentrate on what's, what, what the job role is and maybe uh, focus on the experience that's going to be relevant for that position. So, um, for sure. So, um, yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's uh, you, you definitely want to focus on uh, on 
on exactly what uh, you know what what you're going to de- deliver really is 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 the main focus and that's that should be the primary focus really and keep it short and sweet and right to the point but you know in in if if it takes five pages for the work experience and you know uh, that's probably not a good thing to show so uh, you know probably maybe can dice that down into uh something that uh that you know that that works well but uh you know what i what i would like to see is um some longevity and you know just speaking candidly in uh in 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 the positions knowing that hey this um uh this employee this this person that we're looking at isn't gonna um you jump ship maybe it's not a um a stepping stone uh so to speak because we you know i i will look for that and and um a year here and six months here and a year and a half there um, will will show that uh, to me and it wouldn't be favorable. Okay. Okay. So uh, before I pass the torch over to Michael, I'm going to ask one last question because uh, I have you here and yes, uh, you know, you're, you're one of the very few people that I know, uh, you know, that you're also able to talk that quite technical for uh, the type of positions you've held, which impresses <laughs> me all the time. It's like, this guy's a director and he, he's talking about Citrix and the protocol. I was like, oh, but, um, <laughs> but since, uh, yeah, no, so, since you're here and I know that you've applied for uh, higher positions than, you know, like into more leadership management roles, I think in those cases, is it okay to have a resume that kind of exceeds that three pages or is it still pretty much the standard, you know, concise is better? A great question. Um, so concise is always better. However, what I would uh, what I would suggest and what I've done in the past personally is um, add a bit of a uh, an addendum and uh, you know add uh, add something extra to that from a technical skills uh, matrix, something along that nature that um, is you know a bit of an appendix to what you're presenting, but. Uh, you know, and if they're willing to consider you, well, hey, they got uh, Appendix B that showcases um, what you can do. And uh, I've done that myself and it's been been quite helpful and uh, certainly what I'd recommend. Okay. Okay. So it uh, looks like we have a question from the audience. Uh, how much should a resume be customized for a particular application? Um, mm-hmm. um, well, from my perspective, it, well, I guess it depends on what what you mean by application. But I, I would uh, like from a like like I was mentioning from a technical skills matrix perspective, keep it high level, right? Uh, what's your what what what's what's the skills at that level? Uh, you know, or uh, from a VMware perspective, from uh, an Azure perspective, AWS, uh, anything particular that you really focused on on the cloud side. Um, and then, and then what I would do is I'd rate it, I'd rate it as a, you know, one, two, three, um, uh, one, one through five, whatever that matrix is. And personally, mine's one through five that if I'm going to do, um, a- add something onto, onto that, um, for, for, you know, the, the, the job that I'm looking at to, to let them know that, Hey, what, what's my ability in this certain area? And then, you know, does it fit for that role? Okay. I'm going to um, I'm going to address that in a very practical way later when I show the evolution of my resumes. Um, during this job hunt, I came up with a new way of tackling my resume and creating a template so I could customize it. And 
Um, it overlaps a little bit with what you were saying, Jim. I believe in customizing it for every job, but the resume within limits, I think the cover letter needs to be unique to every job. Um, the resume, I want to more treat as like a highlight stuff, but I'm going to show that rather than tell that. Um, so Warren, uh, uh, hang on for a moment. We have another question from Chris. Um, in your opinion, how will an employment gap do the current pandemic be viewed by a hiring team? Oh, I, 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 I'll get Jim's opinion in a second, but hiring gaps are not as big a deal as you think. Recruiters care way more about it than everyone else does. And by recruiter, I mean like HR people. Um, and during this pandemic, I think only insane people will uh, look at a gap as anything but normal. Absolutely. No, I 100% agree. And if you have uh, an old Milwaukee beside you, then I'd, I'd have a cheers to that one with you. Um, I kind of put you on the spot there by saying only insane people would contradict that. But I know that you're willing to have the fight with me. <laughs> I agree with you, brother. <laughs> All right, cool. So uh, I guess going back to our, our original topic there, Michael, so what do you think? Um, so si size of the resume, does it matter to you or, you know, what what, what should be the standard? Um, so, so there's two, there's two Michaels. There's um, the Michael who recognizes how other hiring managers do things. And then there's Michael who uh, broke all the rules and has his own way of hiring. I read every resume. Um, I have a way of sorting through 200 resumes and I'm sure that Jim's experience is similar, but, uh, it's not unusual to get 150, 200 resumes. And when I get them, I have a way to sort them down to about 50 and then I sort them down to about 20 and then I read them and it might take eight hours and that's a really tough thing, but I put a lot of effort into hiring. Um, and that's because when I've been, been, I've had two situations where I'm hired where I'm hiring on behalf of a client, which is a weird thing, but I've been put into a num number of gigs since I was 30 to hire for big companies teams where I'm not even part of that team. Um, and I, as an entrepreneur or um, as part of a small business, and in that case, you really, really, really care about who you're hiring. You put a lot more effort in. So that's a different answer. If I put on the objective hat and say just like a normal person, um, three pages. There's there's for a res there's a difference between a resume and a curriculum vitae. Curriculum vitae is as long as it needs to be, and it can be 15 pages, and it outlines every little thing. And if you want to see one, go to any university and look up every professor, and they have a curriculum vitae. Most of us in cybersecurity and IT, we don't work off that, which is weird because we tend to accumulate credentials um, more so than any other profession. Three pages is all you're going to need, even with 20 years of experience. And hopefully I can show you through my examples um, how I got mine down from five, six pages down to three and made them better. 
So we're, we're talking like cover letter and then three pages for the resume, correct? Yeah. Okay. And you know what? Maybe, maybe we should dive into the practical examples instead of talking around the issue. Okay. okay. Because what I'd really like to do here um, is show my old one, maybe okay. spend about five minutes, get your opinion and Jim's opinion about just show you the old one and you can say, oh, is it too long? What did you do wrong? And I, you're, you're going to have to skim. We're not going to spend a lot of time. And then I'm going to show you another evolution. I'm going to show you the most recent evolution. Sounds good. Okay. 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 So here's what I'm going to do. Um, before I start, just let me spend one minute. If you look at the LinkedIn article that I just posted, uh, and I'll put a link to it down in the comments later, um, I've highlighted five courses I took on lynda.com. Now, most of our audience, sound has dropped. You hear me, Moro? You hear me, Jim? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, sorry, Warren. Everyone yeah, else here? I was, I, was, I was on mute. Yeah, Mike, you're good. Okay. Uh, most of our audience is from Calgary. Uh, Calgary Public Library offers for free lynda.com. Lynda.com is the same thing as LinkedIn Learning. And it's full of amazing courses. And on the screen, I put a playlist that I developed of a bunch of courses related to resumes and cover letters. The article I put on LinkedIn has these same ones. And I started off with a course on uh, making over a resume, how to write one for tech, how to write cover letters, and a general course. And there's many more courses. Uh, if you subscribe to LinkedIn Premium, you get LinkedIn Learning for free. So if you're not from Calgary um, and your public, your local public library doesn't offer Linda, you just subscribe and it's really, really worth it. So you take a look at this. This is less than two hours of learning and it really helped. Now, let me jump over here. Going to remove that and share a different window with my resumes. And there we go. All right. So here is a resume from about 10 years ago. And I thought this was a good resume at the time. I like this layout. It's two columns. Um, you know, I've got my work experience here. Now let me scroll down. How many pages is this? Okay, that's one page, two pages, three pages, four pages. I get down to the last. So it's all work experience and it's it's everything. It's at the time uh, over 10 years of work experience, 14 years of work experience. And then we get down here and I've got all my education and certifications as one block. And then I've got all of my professional activities. Am I right or wrong to do in this format? Um, I'm, I'm not going to say that it's wrong. Uh, it, it's certainly a lot longer than it needs to be, I feel. Uh, and then, yeah, it, it pretty much lists everything you, you've done rather than it focusing on a certain position that you're applying for. So, 
that would be my critique. Uh, I mean, for me, I think uh, I would try and, you know, whittle that down to at least uh, three pages or two pages. Uh, I certainly do my best effort to actually get it down to two pages. So uh, that would be, that would be my comment. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's certainly not terrible, but it, it does need some improvement. <laughs> so I also did this thing where I put a paragraph text description of what I did and then uh, formatted my accomplishments in bullet point. Yeah. And I think that's, that's okay. Uh, You know, I mean, it's, it's definitely a different style, right? Like uh, in a lot of cases you'll see resumes where, you know, someone will put, you know, if you want to call it like a mission statement or something, right. Or some objective that they're going for. And then they'll go into, you know, more of a career history, then maybe some education. And then, you know, if they've got room or they, they want to, they'll, they'll put down their hobbies or, you know, other skill sets. So um, personally, uh, I think like certifications are not necessarily a bad thing to have on a resume. But I guess in my opinion, uh, having it, uh, you know, where you're describing, you know, what year you got it, maybe just a little bit overboard. Uh, you can certainly highlight that, you know, in, in, in a shorter paragraph of, of what you've done in, in terms of certs. But, uh, I mean, certainly highlight, uh, you know, we, the, the big ones, right? Like, I mean, if you've got a master's in, you know, obviously in library science, highlight that, right? Uh, those those things, I think, are more critical. But um, as far as the certifications, yeah, it's, again, uh, you know, especially like, you know, things like, you know, uh, Java programming. Yeah, that's, that's cool. But uh, that, you know, I don't think you need to highlight that under education, but that's just my, that's my style. So I don't know. Uh, what, what does Jim think? I guess uh, maybe we need his opinion as well. So <laughs> well, I thought you never asked. Uh, first of all, let's go to the top. Okie dokie. And for everyone on the call, um, I hope you have an old mill because <laughs> you, you, you can see, uh, you know, let, let's do a drink right now. It is Friday. And uh, you can see Michael uh, may, might be an Oilers fan, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually told you this story, but we were drinking at 3 a.m. when I. So I've I was the no, web no, developer. Go we we go back a few pages. I was the web developer for the Edmonton Oilers, and <laughs> I was the web developer for the Calgary Flames. Oh, there you go. And for the Saddle Dome, and for the Hitman. And I don't nice. know a damn thing about hockey. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think we've uh, we've we've had some good times at a couple of those ones. But um, what 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 I say with uh, with, with this layout is you know it's it's very you know it looks very similar to a uh, LinkedIn type of type of layout and you know to be honest with you I've had um, many resumes of mine that are very very similar and the problem with this is it's boring it's uh, you know you 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 sort of read blah 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 blah. It, it needs to highlight certain aspects. So one of the big things that I found with um, some of the resumes that I really liked is um, sort of squashing it into more of a 
condensed, you know, condensed manner, of course, but um, it's uh, it also put in bold letters some of the some of the some of the main main things, right? Something that that's going to catch the eye. Um, and I've seen a couple of resumes like that, that, uh, you know, for some of their, their, you know, uh, cloud skills or, or something significant that is actually in bold that, uh, that sort of jumps out at you. It's, um, it's fair it, because reading resumes, especially when someone's going through them, going through them, going through them, it's nice to see something that uh, stands out at you. And one of the things that I believe that a lot of people don't take advantage of is uh is text if you have something good to say and you believe that it's a main attribute of yours put it in bold maybe maybe increase the font size by one point you know what i mean it's make it, it stand, it's make it stand out it's interesting you say that because at this time frame one of the th one of the only things i did to customize this resume because back then i didn't really customize this i literally used to go through and then any word that was in the job description, if it was in my bullet points, I bolded it. And uh, I have no idea if, if that worked. Um, Hell yeah. The, Absolutely would. Absolutely would. So what do you think about this last page? Uh, it's significant. Uh, it's uh, significantly bad or significant in no there's there, there's it, there's it, you know sort of a you know there's a lot there um i would i would condense it for sure but uh you know like um you know there there's just you know there, there's 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 a lot there that that would be skimmed over and just not not you know it'd be it'd be the waste waste of a page yeah, um, I'll tell you that. See this? I used to be very, very, very intent on having that on my resume because I did a lot of speaking. Right. Okay. This As is. Do I. And I don't. I don't include this anymore. And you know, it's ten years later. The yeah. number of talks I've given. Like at the time, it was like hire me. No one else gives this many talks. Well. I don't think a hiring manager wants, you know what I've, you know, you can say in a sentence, I've given over 60 talks in the last 10 years on the following but, you topics. Know, but, but Mike, uh, the, one of the big things though, that does separate um, this from uh, probably 90%, 95% of the others is that um, you have a speaking ability. Right, um, not many do. So that's that is definitely something that I've always sought out in uh, uh, in a resume. And to be honest with you, in the last twenty two years, I've only seen a very few that have that ability. So to me, that would stand out, and uh, that should be showcased not not just with because to me, looking at this right now, I would even know that. Um, so I think that should be uh, put into, you know, uh, a different form that says, hey, I can get in front of a boardroom. I can talk to people and um, and, I, and I enjoy doing it. And, and, okay. and that that that's definitely a separation from uh, from from the rest of the race. <laughs> Is it worth half a page? No. Well, 
like I said, I, I wouldn't even know that looking at this. I'm, I'm like, I see the speeches, but th what does that yeah. really mean? Yeah, are you, yeah, yeah. Are you, you know, <laughs> maybe, you know, honestly, maybe, maybe that's where uh, you, you condense this, but you, you kind of highlight that inside of your cover letter, right? Saying that you've got public speaking skills you've done, you know, maybe highlight one or two of those just as examples to prove that, you know, you've I, done this stuff. Moro, I think you want it in both places. Okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because a lot of times I, I've gotten resume. I've, I've gotten resumes and been like the third interviewee, and I don't. I never see the cover letter. Oh. <laughs> right. The cover letter, not a chance in hell. But I'll always get a copy of the resume. Okay. Okay. Right? So, so there's a there's a lot of statistics available on um, cover letters now. Um, next week we have another guest who's a recruiter. And uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to he's going to basically say, you know what, there's a very good chance your cover letter is not going to get read. Um, there's a statistics fr uh, from a very large recruiting company that I, I looked at that said only 40 percent of cover letters get read. Forty percent. I mean, 60 percent not looked at. So I mean, you don't write one. No, it means no. that if you do write one, if it's not optional you got to write it well because it's if it does get read it means that person who chose to read it uh, read it is going to look at it um, most people are just going to go i'm just looking at the resume and it's like you were saying you're going to you know you by the time you see it you're going to be the third interviewer or the third reviewer someone else has already looked at it well um you know, maybe it's going to be the distinguishing thing uh, later down. So here is the cover letter I wrote for that matching resume. So this is for a job I got. So this was a job I applied for at Edmonton Public Library. Um, and uh, I won't judge my own resume, but what stands out just from looking at uh, at it first glance. So just curious, Michael, uh, in, in this case though, did you know anyone there? Like, did, was there just the ability for you to, uh, that's what I'm trying not to say is, you oh. know what, on the merits of my cover letter and my resume, I'm not sure I would have got this job. <laughs> I, I think my resume was okay for this job. It was really long. I got I I um I was very well known in okay. the library IT community in Alberta at the time. Okay. And um the fact that I put in an application was enough to get me an interview. Okay. But I still wrote <laughs> this uh epic novel of a cover letter. Yeah, it uh, it really only talks about your like your your I guess your skills or your experience, and it doesn't really kind of dive into the type of person you are. Um, and then you know I know you'll probably touch on this on one of your other ones or your brand new cover letter, where uh, you know you actually dropped a few names of people you knew, uh, which I think is su super important because uh, you know uh, a lot of cases. It isn't so much what you know as uh, as much as it is who you know. So uh, I think name dropping certainly opens that door for you, at least you know uh, when you're when you're submitting your resume to the gatekeeper, so to speak. 
Yeah. So one thing I'll point out about this is in the five courses I took, um, this cover letter does more or less fit the definition of uh, a modern good cover letter in that I start off by explaining why I'm applying and why I'd be a good fit. And then I highlight one or two of my major attributes that would make me great at the job. And then I close with a call to action. But this is long and dense. There's a lot of sentences. I went, I went to sleep on the first paragraph. Yeah. I mean, and it's there that first sentence I am writing to apply for the position of, um, I've learned through these courses I took and being very open-minded to some of the advice and looking at some other examples that you can do better in that first sentence. So this is to me. Okay. I've looked at hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cover letters in the last 25 years. This would be a well-written one. And you know what I would take away from this? Oh, the guy knows how to write and write a lot. And most of the cover letters, you know what? As, as a hiring manager, all I'm getting out of them is, does he know how to write coherently or does he have bad grammar and doesn't speak English? <laughs> I, I, Honestly, I, would say, I would say that uh, it, it is well-written. There's no doubt about it, uh, but it's, it's very lengthy. It's uh, and, and an essay. Uh, yeah, and it's it's probably not going to see the target audience that you would ideally like this to see. Yeah. The only good thing about this is if it went through an applicant tracking system, man, it's full of keywords. Look at that. VLANs, VMware, PHP, Pro, MySQL, Solaris. Like the keywords would catch it, but. Key, keywords would, but so would the resume. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, stick, stick with that on the, I think on the technical attribute side. So let me show you a worse example. This was uh, in the same time frame. This is a job I didn't get as an identity manager and it's even longer. And I really, really wanted this job. So I made the cover letter longer. Does it say pub cookie there? I believe it did. It, it did. <laughs> oh my God. Someone else who knows pub cookie. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Oh man. We, we won't get get into that though. <laughs> uh, they felt I was uh, very technically skilled. Um, let me let me show you this. This is this is one that I actually. This is a resume that I submitted three months ago. And let's right. just count the pages first. So. Oh, look at that. Six pages. Oof. You know, I will say this much, though. The layout... It's looking uh, better. It's it is looking, looking better. better. Yeah, it's a bit more eye-catching, right? So, uh, you know, it, it certainly would catch someone's attention. But, again, you know, when you're starting to go into six pages, it's like, uh, what are you, an executive? <laughs> so... I, the, executive uh, resumes, just, just so you know, are like two or th three pages maximum. You'll oh, never really? see one longer... Oh, hundred percent. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's good to and know. Then, and then, like I said, if if you need if 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 you if you want to provide further information, 
then certainly do that. Um, but really condense your skills and and everything you can provide within sort of one one statement with addendum A, addendum B, so on and so forth. Okay. So um, uh, one of the things I read recently was that if you've got less than five years experience, one page, that's all you need is one page. You, you don't have an, enough things to put on it and you're not doing yourself any favor by making it more than a page. If you've got 10 years experience, two pages. If you've got more than 15 years experience, uh, you're gonna, you're, you should probably already have enough judgment to know how long it's going to be. Myself, with 25 years experience, I think I was suffering and not using good judgment. I, I think this one's good, though. So... Or better. This, by the way, is the auto-generated resume from LinkedIn's resume builder. Oh, wow. And I did it because I was feeling panicky and thinking, I need to find a job. Oh, there's a job posting. I need to post right now. I don't have time to update my resume. And so I, I tidied up my LinkedIn profile and it generated this. And, uh, and it's got weird stuff in it like, I only speak one language. I don't need to list my languages. Uh, no one cares that I won a bunch of Fortinet awards. Fortinet hey, I cares. Do. I do. Yes. <laughs> Fortinet cares. Uh, customers who use Fortinet care, but no one else. And no one, literally no one cares about my publications. Um, I was peer reviewed. You don't care. Um, Social search, a taxonomy of, and user-centered approach to social web search. Published in a very minor journal. Um, but here's a problem I have. This shouldn't be six pages. It No one cares about every little job I had from the beginning of my career. That can be summarized. They care about the last five or ten years intensely. They care about your last two jobs intensely. They don't care about every detail of these last ones unless there's something about them that speaks directly to the job you're applying for. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, um, this was off from the very beginning, this resume. And I think I applied for jobs that might have called me if I had stood out a little bit differently. Uh, okay. So here is a newer format. And I'm just going to skim this and just go straight to the end for the sake of time. I changed from that other two-column format. So let me just go back to the original. So I had this two-column format, which I thought was very skimmable. And I think actually made it harder to skim the important things. The hiring manager, I want to read this crap. And I went to... This, where it's just one column, job, very clearly delineated, this job, then this job, and then bullet points only, and I added this summary. And I added that summary because in all the courses I took, when those courses were talking about recruiters, they're like, as a recruiter, we don't want to see any more than one page. We're not going to read it. We have 20 seconds to decide whether we're going to push you up the line. 
which I really would like to reject, but I have to realize that may be the way they work. And so, you know what? They're not going to read my resume. So I'm going to give them this to read. And then I'm going to bold this because a guy who's only going to read the first page, he just cares about where I worked and what I did. That's it. Yeah, no, I uh, actually, I like this, this style of resume. It's probably close to what I've given out as advice to a lot of my friends that were uh, job hunting and I needed to (laughs) reshape their resume because yeah, I think, you know, the first resume you showed (laughs) is the type of resume that, you know, a lot of my friends thought would work. And the reality is, yeah, it's, it's harder. It's hard to skim, but at the same time, it's, it's almost like too much information all at once where this is, you know, you can highlight like the first, again, like you said, the most recruiters or, you know, uh, interviewers are going to probably look at your, your uh, latest um, experiences. Right. So maybe the first two and then, you know, skim the rest. Right. So I think this, I think this lends to uh, it being a lot easier to read and a lot easier to, uh, I guess, use during the interview process as well. So this resume is two pages and it includes that summary Mm -hmm. and the last two positions I had, which is also the equivalent of the last 10 years of my work. Mm -hmm. And um, this job was a technical job. It was an operations security job. And so I just put bullet points of the tasks I carried out and my um, thing locked up so I can't scroll. The second page is my certifications and education it was for the University of Calgary, and I've worked in universities. They care a lot about your education, whereas in a business, um, other than somebody checking a box going, oh, he's got a bachelor's degree, and that's a requirement. No one really cares about your education. I think Jim said the same thing. Anyways, we have a question for Jim. Warren, uh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, you know what, man? That's a great question. And do reviewers share notes? Shit, yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, do. And uh, we get notes from uh, HR like nonstop. The problem is, is that HR has a really hard time on going through a lot of a lot of these resumes that we're showing here, and they don't know how to how to go through them. Um, they really they really don't. So once once we get them um, from from our side, it's. It's uh, it, well, it, it's it's a lot easier to go through them and, and sort of help distinguish which which uh, which was resumes might be might fit better for for the role that we're looking for. But uh, you know, to your point, um, no, man, notes notes are shared for sure. But sometimes um, they're they're not very good because uh, the the first level of going through um, the resumes is is definitely not good so hopefully we get notes but even if we get notes um i wouldn't necessarily say that they're uh, good notes okay give me okay. a second here to reshare my screen okay. uh oh that's not what i wanted to share <laughs> uh, there we go uh, I'll comment on that as well. Um, I've had the same experience. Everyone shares notes. Um, 
I've had the same experience that if you're in a larger company, the HR department is the gatekeeper. They're receiving all of these. Um, what I've received in the past is sort of a bundle. So uh, the recruiter in HR receives 100 or 150 resumes and they prune them and they put them all into a giant file and they give us the ones that they haven't given gotten rid of. And to be honest, that's been a problem for me in the past. I remember one time they handed me 10 resumes and I said, this can't be it. And they said, no, 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 we got rid of all the ones that didn't match. And I, I know this is going to scare some people, but this is what I mean about you got to recognize the way the system works and work with it. They gave me these 10 resumes and they said, well, uh, we went through and anyone who didn't meet the minimum requirements, we got rid of. And then we had enough, we had 10 that met all the, the mandatory requirements and the optional. So we got rid of all the ones that didn't have all the optional requirements. And I went back and said, just please give me all the resumes. Um, and that was, I hired, I had three positions open. I hired four of them because I had a lot of great resumes when I got them. Um, it's really, um, at the beginning of this, I said hiring is broken and it is, but we do have to work the system. We have to realize the way it works is um, you're going to go through a number of gatekeepers first. Um, fortunately, they're just looking at your resume. They're not going to read your cover letter. Uh, but the, then the gatekeeper part is, is a bit of that uh, cover letter. That's where the cover letter comes into handy guys is, uh, is the gatekeeper that gets you through the gatekeeper. Um, so here's the example of the cover letter that went with that, that resume that was two pages. Um, and I started off by saying, by just diving in, it was for, it's for the, it was for the university of Calgary. Um, and I, I, I just dove in and said, you know what? I've done this. My first experience performing cybersecurity for post-secondary was one of the most productive and challenging of my career. And what I was really doing is putting my head, my putting myself in the head of the hiring manager and saying, he wants to hire somebody because he's overwhelmed. And my second thing is I'm applying for this because I've wanted to return to a major university. And I think I've actually written too much in the next few paragraphs. Um, I think I could have been bold and literally said, I have done the job. Uh, I have filled the role that you're looking for. I used to work at the University of Alberta in a nearly identical role. I could have just said that, I think. And I, I think it would took guts. I, to I, put it I, I agree, actually. Uh, that, that's something I also highlight too. Uh, the more you have the ability to show confidence, uh, I think that's going to stand out. Uh, I will say this much. I actually like this cover letter uh, for various reasons. Uh, something I always point out to people is, um, well, tense. So uh, I find that a lot of people struggle with uh, past tense, present tense uh, when they're writing cover letters, even, even resumes. They, you know, they, they tend to be all over the place. And in a lot of cases, uh, tense will uh, definitely affect the flow and the way that you read it. Uh, the other thing I really like is the the point of view. You used I rather than in the third person. Uh, I find a lot of people try and mix those, and it certainly uh, it certainly gets bumpy when you, when you do that. So 
I tell, I, I tend to try and tell people that, you know, one, stick to a tense and two, stick to a point of view and try not to deviate too far from it. So uh, I, I do like that. So. Uh, so Nathan has a question for me uh, referring to the, when I said before I had three open positions I hired for, how many were not pre-chosen? Oh man, that's a big topic. Um, none of them were pre-chosen. Um, my own experience, uh, myself, I have been the pre-chosen candidate too many times. I've been a spoiled brat. Um, I've been the candidate who was chosen before the job ad even went out. I've been the, I've been on the hiring committee where other members of the committee had already chosen a candidate. My own approach, and Nathan, you know this, is honestly, I don't hire a lot of my friends. And I think that's usually people's comfort zone is hire someone I know. I know the quality of their work. And why wouldn't you? Um, I've tended to always wanted to diversify my team. And in that particular thing, everyone I hired was unknown to everyone else. Um, and in the stack of resumes, there is at least five that were well-known uh, well-known quantities within the Calgary marketplace for cybersecurity. Um, your point's well taken. There are times that you're going to put in an application and you have no idea that there is someone else um, already pre-chosen. Um, let me jump to my new resume post learning and course. So my new resume is three pages long. So the one we were just looking at was only two. It has a slightly different thing. I've taken the same approach as this one. Except I've increased the fonts a bit. I was going to say the, the font size looks, um, it's, it's nice and nice and readable. I think that looks great. No one's ever going to, no one's ever going to be able to pronounce my name, but they're not going to forget it. It's got the same summary. I don't list uh, my certifications as I did in some previous summaries. I just say, look, I've got a whole bunch of them. And I change the summary for every job I apply to. Um, yeah, my, my, I think uh, you want to stop there because that's, that's, um, that's really important in knowing that if people are really serious about uh, applying for certain positions, they might be different than, you know, someone might go on cybersecurity, might go on networking, really adjust your resume to depict what you're targeting. Like take the time and effort to do that. Uh, I, I can't em emphasize that enough. I've seen a lot of resumes that are going for security positions and they're um, significantly network focused, uh, for example. So for, for instance, this line, uh, most of the jobs I apply to don't care that I've done curriculum de development, course development training. And I'd nix that and I put something else in something relevant to the job. Um, some of the jobs, if it's operational, um, I might say, yeah, I'm a, I've been a team manager. 
uh, or I might change this line entirely and put in something about the operations role. But if it is, uh, I applied for a threat intelligence job, these lines changed to something that aligned with what was in that job ad. And 100%, 100%. Now, the next thing is, for each job, I've got a prose description with multiple sentences and then bullet points. And generally speaking, the written description highlights my accomplishments. What value did I bring? What did I do in that job that was worth bragging about? And then in the bullet points, I talk about the tasks. What were my duties? And I don't put all of these in every resume. I've written my master resume in this format so that when I apply for a job, I don't have to write the resume. I just have to delete what I think they don't care about. And so for some jobs, so I had, I applied for some that were uh, fairly senior advisor roles and these technical things, anything technical gone. Um, unless it was something they talked about. And then I put in all of the things that were related to management, advisory, um, soft skills, teamwork, um, risk assessment, those things. But for a technical job, I go in like, you know, I don't care about my training. Um, you don't care that I acted as a CISO. That might actually even hurt me. And then I put in, I might even add a few bullet points and say, well, if there's something in that job ad, I add them. And it takes me uh, 20 minutes. And so this master version of my resume literally has a succinct summary of each job with a bunch of bullet points that can be pruned. And the last page, just got my education doesn't have all my certifications. They're in a more compact format. I list some courses I've taken if they're relevant to the job. And then Jim, you were talking about the speaking and I really struggled with this one because I used to waste half a page on it. Oh man. Um, And you know what? That's really hard to show on paper on uh you know some of the the speaking skills that that folks have because it's it's a rarity and uh certainly one that i've i've seeked after uh from my hiring perspective um because you know at one point it's it's nice not to have to do all the uh you know boardroom discussions yourself right so um it's a it's a great one to have Absolutely. How do you show it on a resume is really, really hard. Uh, um, but I, I, I think you did a decent job there, uh, Mike, personally. Um, I'll tell you on. Uh, so uh, if anyone's seen my LinkedIn profile, the background image is this infographic I made in Kibana that talks about every course. And it's a visualization of all the courses and guest talks I've given. I was applying for a training job. I literally put that in my cover letter. Yeah. And it just seems mind-blowing you put an infographic in there, but I had it 
And I know literally no one else will ever have that. But what I'm saying is most of the time you don't want to be like way out there. So first thing, don't take the advice of all of those courses on resumes that are for designers and creatives. You need to take a course that's about tech. But every once in a while there, if you're applying for a job that's very, very, very unique to something you've done, just go for it and just say it outright. Um, I want to point this out too. If in, in tech jobs, a lot of what we're doing, especially if you're operational, it's going to depend upon tools and protocols and things you've done. The job ad will be just a laundry list of things they want you to do. An overwhelming laundry list. Um, I actually used to put a lot of space on my resume to that. Now I just fill it in as this list of keywords. Actually, um, uh, I was going to say, I, I really like that. In fact, I'm going to steal that uh, for my resume and for my friend's resume. So uh, <laughs> uh, I think I think that's great. Uh, again, you know, in your previous uh, resume, you know, that took up too much space. So I, I like the way you condensed it. And yeah, if, if they were to feed this into some sort of, uh, uh, I guess, a uh, thing that was scanning for keywords, uh, th- this would definitely uh, catch it. So I, I, I like it. It's not wasting so, a lot of space and it's highlighting. I, I'd make a suggestion here. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would keep keywords off your resume. Oh, okay. uh, I would, I would, I would put keywords on um, a recruiter's uh, backend engine. Uh, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. Don't put it up. But to me that, that uh, it, it just probably wouldn't, um, I would not like to see this on a resume if I was looking at a candidate. Is is it just not enough context or does it just look like BS? It looks like desperate desperation. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and you know what? I'm glad you said that because it was. It literally is. I'm so <laughs> desperately worried <laughs> that I'm going to be filtered out by the applicant tracking system for not having... Like I'm worried that someone in HR is going to look at my resume and go, well, I didn't see DNS there. He's gone. And, yeah. you know, well, um, M- Michael, I, I know you better than that. And it, that, that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's it, for me, it, it, it sort of looks like, you know, something that's just going to catch some, something else's eye. And, you know, I think, Putting this in the forefront, absolutely. Like market yourself. Don't, like don't get me wrong, a hundred percent. But from a keywords perspective, that's that's what a job hunter's job is, right? Um, you know, in, so, in my opinion. Have you so twenty years ago, it was really common that in tech, your resume was accompanied by a spreadsheet that outlined every skill you had. And I still do that. Do you still do that? Okay. Do you me, still my, see those? Personally. Do you Are still me? see those from other people? Uh, no, uh, but I uh, well, I, I guess a little bit. I, I have a little bit, but I, I personally <laughs> have done them. Although I've only um, done this twice in the past, so <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. This is this I, is I, the thing. I'm is more I think of a word mouth. Yeah, you're in the same boat as me. Is that um, yeah. You've probably hired more people than you've had to apply. Um, so back in the day, um, 
in depending on uh, where you went, it was mandatory to fill out a skill set spreadsheet, and it would yeah. have every technology, every little detail, the number of hours or years or months you've done, um, and then a self rating of skill from one to five. And yeah. those were those were honestly gold. I, and if I hadn't have just actually landed a contract, I was about to start adding that as an addendum. And, and yeah. it's a visual format that at the end, it's like, I don't want to, you know, as someone who's read resumes, I don't want you to waste your resume going over all of this. It, it might be super, super important that you've worked with a certain product, but in yeah. your resume, I want to see the experience you've had. I want to see what you've accomplished. I want to see what kind of projects you've worked on. And I want to know what role you had in that project. I for sure. This is a different question. And yeah. some people, they care very much that you work with Fortinet and not Checkpoint. Myself, I don't care. They're all, it's the it's a category. But it's a different question entirely. You, you know the one that was, stand, that was stand out me the most in that one? And just because I know I know you is your IPv6 right there. <laughs> That that's what I would focus on. <laughs> just saying. Oh man. Oh, we could have a I, whole different live stream just on you know. I, I, I'd hire you on that. Oh. We're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna do a Tech <laughs> Tuesday live stream. Okay. Yeah. No. On that's, IPv6. That's a great topic. Because <laughs> oh, uh, any anyone who's been following me for a while knows that I went crazy for IPv6 a year ago. And that was after I had clients who were making me do IPv6 grudgingly. And then, uh, well, uh, ironically went, now a lot of them are going that direction. So that's why I, I, you know, I, I sort of saw that one and, and I know that's your, that, that's, that, that's your flavor. So let me go and show you, uh, the, the cover letter that went with this. Uh, can, can we talk about those, um, that, that top part there? Yeah. So system, so GCIA, uh, do, I don't think any, everyone on the call knows what, what that is. Uh, so this is a certified information security manager. This is a certified intrusion analyst. This is a certified windows security administrator. None of the letters match up. This means I'm a librarian. And there's a new one that just got added, which is a certified threat intelligence analyst. And here's a thing you're up against. In in, And I really want Jim's opinion on this. I'm pretty sure we've debated this uh, over beers in the past. Um, the cybersecurity field, even more so than the IT field, and the IT feels bad, is obsessed with adding certifications. Like, I think I've got too many, and I know many people who have twice as many as me as I do. Mm -hmm. um, I love taking courses. I love learning, and I like to put myself to the test. But I, I have an opinion that here's what I want to see. If you're an IT or cybersecurity. Um, I'm looking for you to define yourself as either a professional or a practitioner, and they're both good and valuable. Uh, 
if you're a practitioner, um, just show that you have some, some significant technical certification. If you're a Windows admin, a Microsoft certification, if you're a networking guy, maybe a CCNA or something. Um, honestly, if you've got a CCIE versus a CCNA, it's not going to matter unless I don't have enough candidates with experience. I really want to know that you've done something, not that you've passed the test. Um, if you're a professional, I want to see one certification that required you to five years of work experience. And in my case, it's this one. For most people, it's the CISSP. And I, if, you're, if you're a technical professional, I want to see you have this five-year one and then one very serious um, senior level technical thing. And for me, it's this one. And if you've got a thousand of them, yeah. So this is like, they used to call this a level two cert at Sands Institute. Um, and when I took it, it's what's now called gold. Um, it means I had to write a three-part practical, but it's technical. It's not professional. This is about knowing how to do a professional management job. It certifies mm -hmm. me to do risk, run a security program and do incident response. This is about my technical ability to do analysis and tear apart packets. If I had 10 of these, I don't think it says anything more than having two of them, but what do you do when you look at a job and it says, well, we want you to have a CISSP and they've never even heard of this one, um, which frankly I think is very, very equivalent. Um, Jim, what's your opinion on that? Um, well, it's, uh, well, <laughs> that's a tricky one, man, because, you know, it's, uh, I, I would say clearly the individuals are, um, are both possibilities, I guess, if you will. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's something that's going to get into a verbal conversation, um, and, depending on how that verbal con conversation goes, it's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's the way it goes, but it, it'll get you in the front door. It'll get you in the front door. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's almost mandatory to have some kind of certification in cybersecurity now. Um, well, no, I, I, I don't, I don't know that it should be. Well, you know, um, to your point, Mike, I, I, I think it should be. <laughs> I really think it should be. But I've seen uh, cases where it's uh, th that hasn't been the case, um, you know, and, and that hasn't been the, the greatest situation either. So I, I agree. There should be some, um, you know, something that, uh, that, that sticks out with the rest that, that has, has something like, like, you know, your glowing resume <laughs> that, that can, you know, at least partially of it, that, that, that brings someone in the door, right? Well, well, uh, I guess I, I'd bring back the question on you is what's the door opener on, on one of these certs of yours? See this, it's, I, I got to say, um, I've just come off of a very dark and depressing time 
where I lost all objectivity on judging my own resume and frankly lost. I mean, I had very little confidence six months ago. And when I started hunting for a job, it just killed my confidence. Um, and it really took uh, a lot of work to get some objectivity. I don't know what the door opener is. And I could put myself in the hiring manager's position. And honestly, a professional level certification helps me separate two piles. So if you've got a CISSP, you've got a CISM, you've got a CISA, um, you've got one of these ones that require five years of work experience, you're in a, a pile. You get a technical certification. I know the difference between uh, a comp T assert, uh, SANS GSEC, a technical cert from EC Council, or a senior cert from SANS. Um, and that's a different pile. And it's not that I don't value any one of them less, it's that they're different. And I'm going to sort sort them that way. And it depends what I'm looking for. If I'm looking for a professional that is someone to execute judgment that should know best practices, advise others, uh, and make decisions, I got to see something here. I got to see a five-year professional cert. If I'm looking for someone who I expect to execute every day operationally, um, I'm going to look for a technical cert that shows they've. there's no way they could have got that cert without at least uh, having that knowledge. But that's just the beginning of sorting two piles. Then I go down and say, well, what did they do? Because I've met a ton of people who have twice as many of these as me who can't execute. They're just good at passing tests. And so I use it as an indicator, get you in the door, and then... I keep or throw away your resume based on what you've done. I don't know. Yeah, no, um, I'm with you. Um, I think this, this, this somewhat final product is, uh, is good. It's very, I think it's very different than the one I started with. And, and you know, I, I can I can highlight some of the I think some of the advantages here is it's concise. Uh, the font size is good. It's nice and clear. It's, it's easy to read. Um, uh, I, I know exactly what who I'm looking at and what I'm looking at. Their experience is clear to me, and uh, things are concise. Um, let me show you the cover letter. Well done. So this is my new cover letter. By the way, this is a modified version of a standard word template. I don't think you've changed that picture, Mike, in, in a long time. So this was a new picture from last year. <laughs> but I'm just easy, buddy. We now have a cartoon version of it. <laughs> Which is great, I think. I mean, hey, while well, it... It's a good-looking picture. I can't, I can't go wrong with that. So, you know, in my old resume, I did a two-column format, and I chose that for my cover letter. Um, yeah. I think it's a it's a big choice whether you want to put your face out there or not. You, I, you I, do. You do. I've tried to establish a brand on LinkedIn that goes around this picture. 
Um, and I chose this. So I actually took my pictures and I went to a, a site called Face Feeler or Photo Feeler, where you get to put up your professional photo and then other people <laughs> will judge it based on three professional criteria, trustworthiness, likability, and competency. Can, you and, know, can, can I tell you something right, right now, Mike? Yep. Okay. So from a picture perspective, you're going to do a professional picture. You're looking to the right. You should be looking to the left. Rule, 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 rule number one. Uh, rule number two, it, it is it is a great picture of you. <laughs> so th- this, the, I had another picture that ranked off the charts in, in this photo feeler for competency and influence, but was like sort of very low, moderate on likability. It was a very stern picture. It made me look like a cop. Um, but then this one ranked above average and everything, but as someone who does a lot of speaking, I thought, you know what, (laughs) the picture with me about to open my mouth and talk, this is me. This is authentic. And you're looking, you're looking to the right. (laughs) I can flip that. Should be looking to the left. Should be looking to the left. I guess I can. So here's, here's, uh, how I change cover letters. And I think this is honestly more important than resume to me, but I don't know how other managers would judge this. So my old cover letters were very long-winded. They were all about me trying to say, look at me, look at me, look at this exhaustive list of things. Um, And uh, those courses I took, especially the ones from Jenny Foss, uh, jobjenny.com, Oh my God, I hated her courses the first time I took them. And then I came around, opened my mind and realized I needed to take this advice. And uh, so a couple things. Um, I never hesitate to name drop in the first sentence anymore. If I can drop a name, that's the opener. That gets you in the door. Um, if you don't have a name to drop, that's okay. I don't always have a name to drop. So... Um, like if you know someone at the company, reach out to them before you put it out there and say, Hey, do you think I should apply for that job? And they're going to say, yeah, you should. And then your first sentence, you can say, I'm applying because Bob encouraged me to. And if you have to describe who Bob is, go ahead. Um, I'm applying because Bob, who is a sysadmin in the operations department, believes I have all the skills for this job. The name is more important. Um, if you don't know someone there, then answer the question, why do I want this job? And you'll be surprised. At first, that's really hard because especially if you're in a dark place like I was, it's like you can never think of, oh, why do I want a job? Because uh, I want to eat. Because I can do this job with my eyes closed. I can't say those things. But eventually you'll find out there's just a very few patterns that you would use. Like saying, um, I'm applying for this job because central to succeeding or central to succeeding in this job is applying cybersecurity to SCADA practices. I love doing that. You don't have to even sound good. It doesn't even 
Uh, it has to be grammatically correct, but all you have to do is like be authentic right up front. I'm applying for this job because it is a firewall job. I love working with firewalls or I have 10 years working with firewalls. I'm applying for this job because like answer that question, put it in the very first sentence. It would stand out. Um, So first, do you know somebody name drop second? Why do you, why are you applying? Um, There's going to be a reason. Number three, if you can't answer that question, um, why would you be good at this job? A lot of the standard cover letter advice says put that down in the second paragraph, right up front. Um, I've done a similar job for the last 10 years. I think I can execute this um, without effort. And that makes all the difference. And it's like, okay, well, now maybe I might read the rest. And you'll notice my other cover letters, they went on and on and on and on. I've got two sentences, one sentence, one sentence. Still standards, this this still follows the standard format. Why am I applying for the job? Why am I right for the job? And then call to action. Um, I started doing background on who might be the hiring managers at the jobs, seeing if I know them, see if I know something about them, and then trying to just say, what would that guy value? Now, if you've got a lot of experience, um, it's easier to get in their heads. If you're, if you're, you know, five years in, 10 years in, it might be harder to do. So you focus on your strengths, but if you've been a manager before, do not hesitate to put a sentence in there where you presume to know what the challenges in the job are and just simply say, I think this is a challenging job because of X. My approach is Y. They're not going to penalize you if you're wrong, but if you are right, you just walked into an interview. At least that's the way I feel. I agree. Uh, Sorry to interrupt, but uh, I've got a question from Nathan. Uh, Jim, why should we be looking to the, or why should he be looking to the left instead of the right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you think about it. So if I look to the right and you look to the left, um, when you look to the left, it's just, just by default, you look a little more professional Hmm. to the right. You look a little more aggressive. Okay. That that's that's like a, a, a photographer telling me all this sort of stuff. So, apparently, it, it almost... all... go ahead. So, so, sorry, Michael. Um, but yeah, I, I got I have had a couple professional shoots, and they're all. If I look to the right, I get crucified, <laughs> and oh, wow. like, oh, you 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 can look the wrong way, so you you got to go to the left. So to be honest with you, I really don't know the the hundred percent answer, but. Um, if you do look to the left and especially on a LinkedIn profile, it makes you look like you're doing the right thing. Oh, okay. Well, Hey, that, that's good. That's good advice. Uh, I, I personally did not know that. So no, th- thank and you. For that, uh... cheer, cheers to the one that answered that. Uh, that, was, that was good. <laughs> that, that was a good question. <laughs> I agree. I agree. The good news is it's easy. It's uh, very easy to flip that around. 
Um, the other thing I was just thinking is that when it's to the right, because we le- we read left to right, it almost looks like there should be like a cartoon call-out bubble coming out of my face. <laughs> Which <laughs> is honestly what I'm going for. It's no, probably my, not what you're going for. No, Mike, my, my, that, that's that's a great picture, man. That, that's, that's a really good picture right there. But more importantly, it. it stands out, right? Like, I mean, you know, it's it, it gives you, I think, or sorry, it gives the the hiring uh, or the recruiter an idea of who you are. And certainly, I think, you know, when, when they look at a resume and it's just a blank thing, and it's like, oh, this thing has a cover letter. Oh, I now that's the candidate. Okay, it looks very professional, very put together. And now I want to kind of read what, what he's written on the side. So I, yeah. uh, I, I like it. I opened with you know, saying um, the purpose of the resume is to get an interview. The purpose of the cover letter is to make sure they don't forget you. It's part of the same package of the resume and trying to get that interview. But the the resume is going to say, is this someone who's qualified? Should he go in the short list? So does he go in the pile of 10? But it's only a pile of four that's going to get that interview. And that cover letter if they read it is the distinguishing. So you want to go for broke in the cover letter. You want to be really short, but very to the point about why you want the job, why you'd be great at it and make it memorable. So I put my picture in there. Well, who's, um, who's, who's, who's the target for the cover letter? Or I guess think who's, who's the target for the cover letter for, for, I think there's two targets. So you got the gatekeeper. I, 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 would never ever see a cover letter. You would never see a cover ever. letter? Ever. I I've always unless I've always I requested received them. Really? Yeah. Unless I requested it, never. I, I've always received both. Um but I'll tell you about half the people I've worked with who've been on interviewing committees, they mm-hmm. didn't look at the cover letter at all. I would go through the cover letters and let me tell you, most of them are unreadable gibberish. People don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to write and that's okay. No, it's not okay. But for technical job, not everyone knows how to write. Um, The ones that were, even if they were like long, like mine, the ones that showed how they write, it was like, Oh, well, the guy knows how to write. Um, And I've maybe once in my career seen something, that was right to the point saying, yeah, I'm good at this job. Um, I've seen a lot with really fancy formatting and I'm not trying to be fancy here. I just want them to remember my name and my face. I don't want them to forget me. And then I think the HR person is the first person who's going to look at this. And Jim, if you're correct, if you're correct, then this name dropping is so important because oh, correct. <laughs> the, the HR recruiter or an external recruiter, say you're dealing with like a recruitment company, you know, they don't care about your resume. They, 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 they don't care. They care who you know, no. and they know they care who will vouch for you. Well, and, and that's, that's, that's to your point, Michael, that's uh, that, that, that ties into it perfectly. Because a lot of a lot of IT folks are going to be uh, placed in with headshot hunting companies, and um, 
the one thing that uh, that they don't include is going to be the um, you know that cover letter. <laughs> They're not. No one's yeah. going to see it, man. Yeah, no yeah, exactly, exactly. I've I've never asked. I've never ever had a recruiter ask for a cover letter, not even to pass on to a client. Never. No. Um, because given me a, they, they, well, um, sorry, Michael. Uh, they are the cover letter, right? Yeah, yeah, totally true. They're going to sell you. So you know that being said. Um, Having a good hench hunter out there for you know for the for the groups involved is is really paramount. It's uh, it's personally what got me the last uh, uh, number of jobs. Sorry, so yeah, I got a question there. Uh, we have a comment from Ryan saying that uh, amidst all of the applications they receive, probably humanizes you a bit more instead of being a sheet of paper. Um, yeah. Uh, I know in receiving a stack of, you know, a hundred resumes, some of them, I was kind of like, I can't figure out who this person is. I, I don't know if they're junior or senior, um, old or young. It should, none of that stuff should matter, but it's sort of when I could figure out who the person was from the resume, it did stick with me more. So uh, Jim, um, do you want to plug whoever your favorite recruiter is? <laughs> uh, I, I would love to. I'd say this Amtra. Who's that? A-M- A-M-T-R-A, Amtra. It's a Amtra. small little company. And uh, well, I, I shouldn't say a small little company. But, um, you know, the... A, a great company that uh, that I, I very much uh, enjoyed working with. So next week, um, we're going to talk about leveraging LinkedIn during your job hunt. So we've okay. talked about sort of the mechanics. We haven't talked about what is a job hunt. How do you actually go about leveraging your network? We're going to spend a couple, couple uh, Fridays talking about that. Next week, we're going to have a recruiter from Tech Systems on, and he's the guy um, I was working on. Oh, uh, shit. Tech Systems, oh, they'll be all over me. Are <laughs> <Will> they? <laughs> but, but hey, Warren, Warren, uh, I see your message there, man. Reach out to me. Um, Michael and, and the crew know, know me. Uh, I'm more than happy to help you out. So uh, 15 years ago, up in Edmonton, there was a woman at uh, SI Systems who was uh, one of the best IT recruiters. Um, she was Susan? awesome. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, over the last three months, um, I started to get more and more contacts from recruiters and 90% of them were just people who were going through all the public postings, doing searches on uh, LinkedIn, and then sending messages saying, hey, would you want to be interested in a job like this? They were just jobs you could apply for. They weren't contract positions. They weren't, they weren't jobs that were part of that sort of hidden market. These people didn't know their client. They didn't know the marketplace. They didn't know the talent 
and uh, more recently, um, the guy we'll talk to next week, um, it was a totally night and day situation for me. Um, and that's what you want to look for in a recruiter is someone who actually has spoken to their client frequently, who actually knows the client, the market, and the job, and then knows a lot of people in the marketplace, a lot of the talent, and can differentiate between them. And Absolutely. those people can get you, first of all, if you're not a good match, they're not going to waste your time or theirs. Yep. If you are a good match, oh my God, you will never shake them because if you get placed, they get paid. If you get paid more, they get paid more. They want to see you succeed. They will do everything to make sure you succeed in getting that placement. A good headhunter is in my like in my experience, honestly, I haven't had great experiences, but when they are great, it's amazing. Could we uh, maybe a, a different, um, uh, maybe next, um, you know, whatever whatever we want to call it, bring on maybe a couple of headhunters that I would love to bring on, you know, one that uh, has been working great with me, you know, personally. Um, you know, j- just as a thought to, to really help out the, the community here. With, yeah. Uh, because, man, the, the headhunters are... are like they're awesome. Like they're they're really what uh, what's gonna, gonna gonna make it or break it. And and there's some awesome ones out there that uh, I would love to share with uh, with you guys. Uh, I think that would be uh, absolutely perfect. And in keeping with what we're trying to do here for all of our friends. Um, okay. So we've gone just like last week. We've gone <laughs> over by a whole hour. Uh, before we wrap up, I, I all of all of. Oh, hey, Michael. Uh, so, so maybe uh, if you don't mind, uh, I'd like to give Jim like five minutes uh, to kind of yeah. cover off what he's seeing uh, with the whole COVID thing and, you know, being able to hire in this environment. Because I know we kind of talked about it a little offline before he started. So I just kind of wanted to you know pick his brain on, you know, how hiring looks today uh, and what he's looking for in a candidate when he's interviewing them remotely through the camera. Jim. If you don't mind, are you even are you yeah. even doing that currently, Jim? Or are you? Hey, man, we're we're hiring nonstop, buddy. It's uh, I know it's uh, sort of a little unheard of, unheard of right now, but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of hiring happening in in my neck of the woods. And uh, what, what I'd say for looking for you know from a candidate perspective is um, uh, the same same skill sets that uh, that we've been talking about tonight. Right, it's uh, IT has a, has a great ability to um, deliver uh, from home, and you know it. Where <laughs> my skill sets are, are, you know, from 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 a hiring perspective right now, in particular, are, are more SAP side. But um, we're um, it's uh it, it it's 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 in a it's it's in a different uh, industry now that we're, we're we're you know you gotta look forward to the future and hopefully the future changes a little bit for you know for our family and kids but um i mean, i can say from a, a technical perspective that uh things you know things certainly haven't changed on on, on our side 
I'm I'm cert- certainly looking at hiring, and I know our our company's looking at hiring, and um, yeah, we we love to would love to bring uh, bring some great folks on board, and it'll keep on keep on happening. And I'm I'm glad to be on board here. Thanks, guys. Um, I've seen some uptick uh, in action in hiring in IT and cybersecurity since COVID started. Um, I think if you're in IT or cybersecurity, you're on the right side of this um, crisis. Um, the I know there was a comment earlier about the downturn at the very beginning of our session. Calgary might be looking down in general, but uh, mm. this remote thing, it's different. It's sectors are changing. Um, uh, agriculture up, uh, finance, uh, not struggling. Um, and the gig I ended up landing, um, remote and in a company that doesn't do remote. And I said, well, so when the restrictions are eased, do I have to go and move to another province? And they said, no, it's remote, the whole contract. Um, so I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of reason to be hopeful out there. Do, do we have, uh, some comments from the, from the audience about, you know, wh- wh- where they're from and, and what their struggles are for like finding a job and maybe, maybe I can, we can, we can help them out there. Um, I'm just scanning through. I don't, I don't think there's anything there yet. Uh, <laughs> so here's let's let's be very concrete with our question. So how many of you in the audience are currently looking for a job? Yeah, exactly. Because I, I love to help and, and anyone else. I I could for sure. Okay. Yeah. Now I know there's going to be like a 30 second delay while we're filming this. Oh, so. yeah. Well, yeah, well, 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 yeah. They don't hear they don't they don't hear us talking for at least thirty seconds. Right, 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 right. I'm so. assuming that there there's a hell of a lot of good people on here. <laughs> so absolutely, and, and then, you know, honestly, and, I think we we get more hits even after the fact when you know people are watching it the next day or you know over the week because I think our last uh, session we had uh, roughly around ten people on, and then yeah, it went to like almost seventy people. I think last time I checked or something. We we peaked at 13 people watching it last time and we're a little lower than that this time but uh the next day we had 90 people watch the session yeah so and then more over the week and um so you know we're not just speaking to uh our good friends who are watching this live but to all the people who might be watching it um so here here's here's uh what i'd like i'd like to ask you guys as well. Um, when I went through the journey of how I changed my resume, do you feel like you will change your resume now? Um, and is there anything specific that you don't know what you might do? Do you now feel like, oh, I have to change that, but I don't know how? Uh, so for myself, actually, my resume is probably pretty close to what yours is today. Uh, I, I've 
you know, I think about five or six years ago, I actually, uh, I shrank it down from three to two. And uh, yeah, I condensed the, the crap out of it. Uh, then I rewrote my cover letter to uh, essentially um, be more personable. Uh, now there was a, a, a cover letter trick that I learned from a, uh, a friend. Uh, her name's Patty, by the way, and she's super, super awesome person. But anyways, she said, oh, you know what the magic cover letter trick is that she learned from her friend? Put a table on the cover letter that says, oh, yeah, here's the requirement and here's why I'm qualified. And boom, you, you know, I, I, I don't know where or when I decided to, you know, deviate from that. But I remember at the time, and now this is going back to early 2000s, uh, I actually got quite a few hits with it just because it was so different, right? So, but um, I don't know. I might experiment with that, but uh, I think Jim was kind of laughing and nodding his head. It's like, yeah, I don't know about that. So maybe, maybe I won't experiment with it. But uh, uh, anyways. You, so that sounds thermal. that sounds like a lot the way RFP responses work. Is that where you got that idea? <laughs> uh, possibly, possibly. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, uh, Michael, I think maybe we should wrap this up. So, uh, I mean, you know, uh, final words for me. I want to thank Jim again. Always great to see you, man. It's, uh, you know, when this lockdown's done, you know, hopefully uh, uh, we can just, find a spot patio and uh, you know drink some beers with michael as well so and of course uh to everyone that's watching out there please hit that like button if you like the video and subscribe if you haven't already uh any final words jim uh no uh great conversation guys really appreciate it and thanks for having me on all right uh so to wrap up we are going to be doing this again next week and the week after next week we're going to talk about leveraging your network and how to use LinkedIn. Um, we're going to have more guests. We would be very interested in your feedback, your questions, your concerns, your ideas. Uh, do you have a resume that you want someone to look at? I'll do that for you. I am so bursting with gratitude for all the people that came out and helped me in my job hunt. I'm going to help you with yours. Um, hit us up on LinkedIn is the easiest way or post something in the comments and we're Absolutely. glad to help. Absolutely. And for all of our close personal friends, we're part of our normal Friday house party that used to occupy this time slot. We're going to jump over cool. to house party. Uh, Jim, hang around for a second and we'll tell you how to do that. If you're interested. Oh um, yeah. I'm jumping to the house party, buddy. Okay. <laughs> here's, oh, shit, and yeah. here's, Here's the outro music. <laughs>